Hey, hello friends, and welcome to this message which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. The unlikely hero. Uh, talking about Gideon and how God turns the unlikely into the likely, how he takes the disqualified and qualifies them. And he takes uh, people who feel they don't stand a chance. I don't know who it is, but I felt like today, if I'm preaching to one person, I will preach to one person. It was one of those uh, those Sundays, and I I don't feel like a teacher, I feel like a preacher. Because God is saying to somebody, you may feel unlikely, you may feel disqualified. But God is saying because of the unlikeliness, because of the very unlikeliness, it is likely. Because of the disqualification, you are qualified. Because of the intimidation, you should not be afraid. Now, I remember moments. I remember a season that we won't go through, that we, that we went through. I won't go into the the details of what was going on. But there are times you go through and you feel hemmed in and you feel surrounded and overwhelmed by such a pressure that if you could resign out of your own life, you would. If you could delegate your life to somebody and say, you know, take over from here, me, I'm checking out, you would. I went through such a pressure, such uncertainty, such intimidation that you know how it is? You wake up and think, oops, you wake up into the problem. You live the day in it, you sleep in it, and you wake up and it is still there. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been through something you say, God, can it just go away? Can time accelerate? Get me out. Of this situation. And during those times, uh, two people preached here. And as I was feeling about today, I felt like I need to be that preacher today. Because pastor, two pastors preached here. One of them was um, a, a pastor from Uganda. A very humble man. One of my sons in the Lord, Zephaniah Gonahasa. Zephaniah Gonahasa. Some of you probably were not here. You don't know. Zephaniah came. We, I invited him. I felt like... That year, I'd feel like, I need to hear the sound of an evangelist. I need somebody who preaches untidy and doesn't care whether he has dotted the I's and crossed the T. I want an untidy preacher to get up and just belt the word of God and declare things that are not as if they are. I want somebody who does not care what you think about his theology to come to LCF and preach for one, two, three, four, five, six times. Because we were going through untidy times. 
Impossible times. Times where you, don't, you cannot dare calculate because mathematically you are out. You could not calculate those times. You could not draw trajectories. You could not explain. You could not reason. When nothing makes sense, you need ridiculous to meet ridiculous, you know. Uh, I really felt we need a ridiculous preacher who is raw and rugged. And I tested this guy's preaching, and I knew he's the type. So I wrote him and said, can you come to London and preach? <laughs> so he flew in. Those were days when pastors could still fly in from Africa fairly easily. And my son, Zephaniah, preached. He preached. He preached. We gave him a week. We normally would just go up um, Pulse Room and unleash these, these, these guys. Zephaniah preached. And I was just waiting, Lord. I said, why did I have to get this guy in? I just know I need to hear something. Suddenly, on one night, he turned to the book of Daniel. And he spoke of how a hand showed up and wrote on the wall, mene mene tekel upasin. Remember that story? <laughs> and I love these guys, the way they preach it. They, he took that verse, virtually closed the Bible. Actually. And he said, your enemies have been numbered. They have been weighed and found to be wanting. He says, your enemies have been weighed and found to be wanting. That word came and exploded like a bomb in my spirit. Suddenly, the things that I was facing, the battles that I was fighting, I saw in the spirit that God had weighed them and found them wanting. I want to declare that word this morning. I don't know who I came to preach to. I need to speak to somebody and say the enemies and adversaries that have gathered around you have been weighed in the weighing scales of heaven and they have been found to be wanting. They will not size up to who you are. They will not size up to your destiny. They will not measure up to the grace that God has deposited upon your life. I don't know who's watching me online. I don't know who's praying for God's help. But I am not speaking reason. I'm not making sense. I am speaking from another platform. I'm speaking prophetically over your life. And I want that you step out by faith. However ridiculous this sounds, I say, mene, mene, tekel upasin. Your enemies have been weighed in the scales and they have been found wanting. Hey, if you receive it, say. Say you receive it. My God, sometimes we are overwhelmed by stuff and I don't know who has received a notice of redundancy. I don't know who has been fired unceremoniously. I don't know who has received a crazy diagnostic. I don't know whose company is folding up. I don't know whose home is going ballistically mad. We declare as God's people, no weapon fashioned against us can ever measure up to the armies of God that he has commissioned to surround the people of God. For the Lord encompasses the people that he has chosen and God will fight the battles of his people and he will triumph over their enemies. May God arise on your behalf and contend against forces and contend against powers and contend against diseases and contend against forces that come against you. Everyone hearing me say, yes, we receive it. 
May God fight for that brother, that sister who is listening to me today against odds, against reason, against sense, against statistics, against chemistry and biology and whatever subject is ruling over the problem that you are facing through. Governances and rules and laws and regulations. May God do something so ridiculous that you don't believe it when it is said, as the Bible says. My God, the word of God is crazy, guys. And I thought that verse was written for me, nobody else. <laughs> it was written for me to bring me out of the most incredible moment. And then Pastor James Cato showed up. <laughs> A little man of God. And he stood up. And again, we were still going through. But you know when you, you need an, a fresh one. You had one last, last month, but you need another one. You know? And Pastor James Carroll began to preach. And he came to that place where he begins to rhythm and rhyme. Yeah? Where the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he got off the script. And I love Pastor James's preaching. Because everything is scripted. Everything is in notes. But he came to a point and he broke away from his notes and he began to declare. He said, do not be afraid. He said, nothing will go wrong. Yeah, that's how he did it. Nothing will go wrong. And I thought, how dare you say that, James Cato? He said, nothing will go wrong. And when he said that, everything was going wrong. <laughs> Everything was going wrong. And I looked at his eyes. And I could hear heaven speaking through him to me. Nothing shall go wrong. You will not be defeated. You will not be overwhelmed. You will not be uh, defeated. You will not fail. I watched him. I could not blink. I had to receive the word of the Lord. Nothing will go wrong. I, I was commanded to speak that to you this morning. Can you declare with me, nothing shall go wrong. God shall go ahead of me and he shall make straight paths for me. He will bring down mountains. He will make the crooked straight. He will make a way where there is no way. Nothing shall go wrong. Nothing shall go wrong. That God has declared shall come to pass. Shall come to pass. Nothing will go wrong. I don't know who has been intimidated. I don't know who has been sitting in darkness. I don't know who has got a cloud around you. But God is saying nothing will go wrong. What you feared will not happen. What you thought is going to happen shall not happen. Hey! 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 What you fear will not come to pass. It will not come to pass. The Lord shall fight the battle for you. The Lord will go ahead of you. The Lord will fight your battle. The Lord will deliver you, my brother. The Lord will deliver you, my sister. Stand up and cast off the heavy yoke. Cast off the heaviness. For God is saying, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, a spirit of power, 
and a sound mind. God is saying, I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask, above what you can think, and above what you can imagine. Says the Lord, he will rise up and fight the battle. We receive the word of the Lord. This morning, I declare it. I declare it. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody received it. Somebody received it. Let me talk, talk about the barley loaf. Judges 7. Actually, Judges 7. Yeah, this time Judges 7. A little unceremonious. I'm going to start in the middle of the story and then go back and then see how far I managed to go today. Judges 7, verse 9. And uh, I'm sorry, we are not yet able to... To show on the screen uh, scriptures and verses. So you need to grab your own Bible. and Follow these things for those that are online. Judges 7. It happened on the same night. We're talking Gideon here. But we'll go back later to see where it starts. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp. For I have delivered it into your hand. Listen to the decree of the Lord. Listen to the decree of the Lord. And you'll understand who is talking to. But he's saying to him, get up. Get up and go against the camp. Make steps. For I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura your servant, and you shall hear what they say, the camp. Yeah, because sometimes God declares that you are a winner, but you are terrified and you are not convinced that he has given you the victory. And the people you are terrified of are terrified of you. The situation you are afraid of is afraid of you. What you are worrying about is worrying about you. <laughs> So God is saying, no, 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 I need to send you down to hear their own conversation. So he says, go down with Pura, your servant, and we shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the army, the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number, as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, <laughs> the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. So it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. 
he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Ah, allow me to make seven points today. Oh, is that my time? God help me. Number one, I want you to see the multitude of enemies. The Bible says Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, they gathered together against Israel. Hmm? And he said they were like locusts. Now God says to, to uh, this a very frightened leader. <laughs> you see, Gideon was a very frightened leader. And God is saying to him, let me take you to here. Even as he's going, uh, the, there is a problem. Because uh, point number two, the, point, the first point is the, the size of the army. The size of the army. The multitudes. The camels alone were like the sand of the sea. The camels. <laughs> hmm? the, the armies were like locusts. The Midianites have gathered with the Amalekites. These are two bad enemies of Israel. There is a collective agreement. You know when your enemies conspire and make a covenant to pull resources and come against you. Have you ever felt set upon by multiple forces that seem to have connived and discussed to come in sequence against you back to back, one after another, and they make sure you hear they are coming? Hmm. <laughs> I tell you, trouble can break out in weird ways. I just, there's a, there are sometimes I open emails, I read the first one, and I, I read the first line, and I delete. <laughs> I just delete because my soul says I can't. I can't feed my soul. with the, Because Satan's strategy, even when he came against Jacob, Job, he made sure he leaves one to go and tell Job what has happened. He said, oh, the wind came. He killed all your sons. I alone am left to come and tell you. And just as he's getting his breath back, another one arrives and says there was a bolt of lightning and it killed you, all your animals and all your shepherds are dead. Only I was left. The devil makes sure you find out so that your soul may break. Your mind will be overwhelmed. There is a collaboration. There is a strategy. There is a conversion. A converging. They come together. It says all the people of the east. And you know, all of them who convinced everybody to rise up. In concert. When trouble breaks out, it comes financially, it comes socially, it comes spiritually, it comes. Second, the Bible says they were lying in the valley. You know? <laughs> but there they were, the enemies were lying in the valley. And as Gideon is coming, he has topographical capacity to see them all. God ensures that he can see them all. Topographic advantage. Hmm. 
when we were taking this building over, the most, one of the most respected planning permission people, the people who pursue planning permission for churches, he sent me a voicemail. I, I kept watching because we had said we are not going to involve him in the cottage green issues. And uh, he was so upset. And he tried to get to me. And I was not taking his calls. <laughs> because we got the building away from him. And then we found out that he had been involved in trying to get this building for other churches. And the council had refused. So, in the end, he left a voicemail. Now, one day on a very wearisome day, when I saw his voicemail, I pressed play. These are the words I heard. I want you to consider. <laughs> he said, Pastor Lincoln. This is after we have signed a lease for 25 years. And we have commissioned building works of over, what was the initial bill, Pastor T? was about, about 50K initially just to start. We had an articulated lorry was about to arrive or had it already arrived. A lorry had arrived here and every bone in me shook. A lorry which was long, full of plasterboard and building materials. I shook to the core. I had never seen anything like that. This man said, Pastor Lincoln, do not enter that building. You, if you enter it, you are committing suicide. You are committing spiritual and financial suicide. This is a consultant born-again pastor who, who has engaged Sadak Council multiple times. He knows how it works. He said, you will be ruined. <laughs> what he does not know, I have already signed. <laughs> the voice of death said, you are, if you sign, you are committing spiritual suicide. I deleted the voicemail. To tell you I was not shaken from the crown of your head to the soles of my, of my head to the soles of my feet would be to lie to you. Because you are listening, one, he's a Christian, two, he has experience in the area you are dealing with. It's one thing for your problem to be hidden. It's another when it is displayed in 3D and multiple colors. By the time he finished, I could see the enemies of this house gathered against us. Well, we got the planning. We got the planning. He later, he later called me and said, Pastor, I don't know what you did. <laughs> I don't know what you people did to get planning permission for that building. But I would like to talk to you. I said, no, thank you. I don't want to talk. Are you talk I'm talking about topographic advantage when you can see the problem to the full. Number three, the law for Bali. What do you do? Consider the loaf of Bali. Now, 
What you don't know is barley is not baked into bread unless there's nothing left to do. Barley is food for the poorest of the poor. In Israel, it only feeds horses and camels. By the time a man bakes bread out of barley, there is hunger everywhere. Even after you baked barley, it does not make nice eating. It is a coarse bread. It is not tasty at all. It is purely emergency food. Are you hearing me? Now we need to go to chapter 6 and you see where we are coming from. Chapter 6 and verse 1, if you can project that for us, please. Chapter 6 and verse 1. Listen, where does this come from? Number 1, it says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. This is where it starts. So it was their fault. Have you ever been in a situation where it was your fault? You made the wrong decisions. You made the wrong choices. This mess was not just brought to you. You invited it. This is where we are. The mess was invited. It was a failure by Israel. And Listen, let's read it. Let's read it a little more. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian. This is legitimate bondage. It's a legitimate bondage. He delivered them into the, the, the hand of Midian for seven years. I want to speak to somebody because, you see, I sensed in the spirit that there are people who are condemning themselves over things that they did and decisions that they made and actions that they took or didn't take. And you can come to a place when you say, surely <coughs> the things that I'm going through are my own making. This is my own making. I made the bed, I must lie in it. But I heard the Lord say, even when you've made a mistake, the sentence is never a lifetime. Because God said, he handed them over seven years. Seven years. He decided they will not be in that situation longer than seven years. So God commanded me to instruct somebody, to speak to somebody, and say there is a deadline to this thing. And I was given power to declare that in this time, it is over. I don't know who I'm talking to. You can continue to condemn yourself for the rest of your life, but the word of the Lord says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30 and verse 5. This is a verse we quote loosely usually. His anger is for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. God's disfavor never dismisses God's, God's, God's favor. Yeah? I want you to hear me. The Bible says, anger may be for a moment. Favor is for a lifetime. A lifetime. God's favor remains over you even while you're going through times of difficulty. God's favor and mercy, God's love and deliverance, God's voice of intercession always cries over you in the very midst of judgment, even if it's the judgment of your own action. I don't know who I'm talking to, 
At any one point, a child of God is able to stand up and log into the favor of God in the midst of judgment. In the very midst of judgment. Because God's heart, according to the, the psalm, is life. His favor is for life. And I came to speak to somebody and say, it is time you got up. Guys, you cannot continue to beat yourself up for stuff that happened forever. You cannot continue to challenge and reason against your own choices and decisions forever. You've got to believe that there is a veto bigger than your weakness. Your weakness cannot determine your destiny. When God chose you and declared you his own, he saw and knew all your capacities. He still chose you. And he has a plan to right the wrong, to repair the breach, to restore the broken, to raise up the destroyed. God is saying to somebody, stop judging and destroying your own self when my hand is lifting you up. I don't know who I'm talking to. But sometimes you come, you sit and say, I'll just sit in the mess. But the Lord sent me to declare to you that his anger is for a moment. But his favor is for a lifetime. If you receive it, clap to the Lord and give him some praise. Are you hearing me even? Are you even hearing me? So a point comes when God says, that's it. That's it. It's over. And this is Old Testament times. In Christ, I believe a turnaround. You can fall at 8 o'clock and get up at midday. You can be defeated at noon. And at midnight, you're back. You don't have to stay down and think this is it for the rest of your life. You need to get up. And these are get-up times. Turn to your neighbor wherever they are. Tell them these are get-up times. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. God is saying, arise, 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 arise. You see, Israel went into the worship of Baal. And this whole situation of the Midianites is because of the worship of Baal. Baal was exalted by Israel. They worshipped him. They served him. And he created all his problems. So the Midianites and the Amalekites did not invite themselves. They were invited by disobedience. They were invited by rebellion. But God has deliverance in the midst of judgment. He has a plan for deliverance. So let's read up because time is going. Is that my time? Okay. Listen to this. Seven years, verse 2, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. They were taking cover. Listen to what would happen, verse 3. So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also the Amalekites and the people of the east. <laughs> Look at the tsunami of problems there. They would come up against them. They would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza. They would just come and destroy the food. We are not even told they took the food. They would just destroy the farmland. Midianites, Amalekites, and all the people of the east. They would come and destroy everything. 
Verse 4, they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the, first, the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number. And they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And then the verse says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. We cried out to the Lord. And that's what turns everything around. We cry out to the Lord. We call out to God. In the midst of our mistakes, we cry out to God. In the midst of our distress, we lift up our voices to God. That is what turns everything around. My God. And so, they cry out to the Lord. And as the story goes, um, verse 7, it came to pass. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites. This is chapter 7, verse 7, I believe. Uh, is that verse 7? Let's see. Verse 7, is that the one? Go to the next verse. Uh, because I'm reading from both chapter 7 and, 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 and chapter 6. So, Judges 6, verse 7. What does it say? It came to pass. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet, a prophet, to the children of Israel, who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you out of Egypt, brought you out of the house of bondage, delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove you, them out before you, and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites, and those whose land, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. That's where we're coming from. God is saying, remember where I've got you from. Remember. And God commanded me to speak to you, Liberty Christian Fellowship, and everyone is listening. Remember God's covenant. Remember that God has had a purpose for your life. Remember that God has a plan. Remember the deliverances of the Lord in the midst of the challenges you may be going through. God is sending a prophetic word in this time and saying, remember that there is a purpose. Remember there's a plan that predates these problems that you're going through now. There has been a plan, a plan and a purpose. There's been a trajectory. Remember and return. Remember and return. Call on the Lord. Return to the call of the Lord and the purpose of his calling over your life. The prophet, the prophetic word. I stopped numbering them for you. But number one was what? The Midianites. Number two was the topographic advantage. Number three, the enemies as locusts. Number four, the barley bread. Number four, the failure of Israel. Number five, the prayer. People of the Lord cried out to the Lord. Number six, the prophet. There is a prophetic purpose. <laughs> Let me tell you, friends, when God has declared something about your life, 
when God has said something about who you are, when there is a prophetic calling and purpose over a person, over a community, it does not matter what rises up against them. If those people can remember their prophetic identity, talking about God of our history, if you can plug yourself where you know you belong, you plug yourself where you know God wants you to stand and wait. Call on him. Position yourself and wait. Connect back to the prophetic purpose of God. Hey. Now, we turn. Let's wrap this up because I need to close. But you remember. Tell your neighbor, remember, remember the call of God on your life. Tell your neighbor, remember, 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 remember. In the midst of the trouble, remember. In the midst of the trials, remember. Yeah. While I'm battling with this building, I remember the journey that brought us in here. It may flood and create all kinds of problems. And I know it was the finger of Almighty God which brought us here. Yeah, so I'm very reluctant to think mathematically. I must think prophetically. Yeah, you must connect back to the finger that brought you out of Egypt. Parted the Red Sea. Fed you in the wilderness. Delivered you from death. Ah, everybody here has a story. Everybody here has a story. You cannot lie to me that you don't have a story. Everyone here has a story. <laughs> Some of you are arrived at the, in the back of a lorry. Some of you swam across the channel. But somehow, the finger of Almighty God has brought you to this moment. Yeah. God is saying, remember, remember your prophetic destiny. And so God shows up. In verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree. <laughs> Add the angel in your points. <laughs> huh? These people began to cry out to the Lord. Their fields were being destroyed. Armies bigger than you can understand. Donkeys, uh, not donkeys, camels. Have you watched a camel walk? How camels walk? A, a, an army of camels will just walk across the wheat and destroy everything. An angel showed up. God asked me to declare angels are landing concerning your situation. An angel came and sat under the terebith tree. <laughs> I thought, Lord, what is the terebith tree? I thought there must be a revelation about the terebith tree. I went through the Bible. Lord, where? Well, I went through the internet. Google, what is the terebith tree? I did not find any instruction there or insight. It was just a tree. But an angel showed up and sat under it. And that was the beginning of a turnaround. When heaven sends and deploys angels. God is sending and deploying angels. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But I sense a young lady. And I sense somebody out there watching me. Somebody is not in this room. I, I see you. I see you. Somebody here. God has deployed an angel, and that angel is sitting somewhere. The angel showed up and sat in the mess. The angel sat in the poverty, sat in the broke state, sat in the emptiness and devastation of that situation. When heaven enters human de 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 desperation, turnarounds begin. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebith tree. I need to wind this up which was in Opa. 
hmm? which belonged to Josh, the Abzerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in a winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. <laughs> the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, My Lord, if the Lord is with us, why have all these things happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, delivered us into the hands of Midianites. There's somebody here questioning everything that has happened. The Lord turned to him and said, go. <laughs> you know, I love the Lord. He does not go into the discussion of what has happened. Have you noticed? He did not explain why have these things happened to us. He does not explain why are the miracles. He waits for him to list everything. And then he says to him, go. <laughs> Somebody say go. Hmm? Go in this might of yours. Which might? And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Which ones? You mean the uncountable multitudes that walk across our nation and destroy everything? Me? Destroy the multitudes? He says, God, do it. Have I not sent you? He said to him, my Lord, can I save Israel? How many of you have felt outnumbered and belittled? And you felt unequal to the task at hand? Overwhelmed by statistics and trends? And you think, how can it even turn around? How can he turn around? The point is this. He says, I am with you. The big one is with you. Big one is with you. I'm closing. He said to him, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. As one man. Your disqualification is your qualification. Because you are the weakest in your father's house. And Manasseh is the smallest clan. Huh? No, no. Your clan is the smallest in Manasseh. And you are the weakest in your father's house. Your disqualification is the qualification. Yeah. And I, I ran out of time, so I need to wrap, wrap this up. Listen to what happened. When, when uh, uh, um, Gideon, in his fear and his confusion, rises from this moment, you remember, he says, Lord, Lord, can you prove it again? Show it to me again in a vision. Lord, show it to me again. Now, now let the water, let the dew go into the fleece. No, 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 let's, let it go into the floor. He makes all his tests to, to confirm and then God says, okay, let me take you into the, 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 the camp so that you can see what they're saying. He's trying to assure him. Because he was an unlikely hero. He, he does not qualify. That's why he qualifies. Your qualification 
is because you don't qualify. That the glory may be to God alone, not your proficiency, not your contacts, not your capacity. That is why God many times chose, chose the barren to bear his children. Because he did not want any glory to go to human capacity. Your disqualification is your qualification. Remember how it goes. That when they now go to attack uh, and Israel comes, he blows the trumpet, Israel gathers. God says there are too many. <laughs> there are too many. These people are too many. You read the story for yourself. He says there are too many. This battle is won on being disqualified. I don't want any strength. I don't want wisdom. I don't want financial capacity. I don't want any intellect. I don't want anyone to claim that they knew. He said these people are too many. Take them to the river that they may drink. There I will sort out who goes and who stays. Do you remember the story? We're just trying to wrap up because I realize time is gone. So he takes the army to the water to drink. And Two types of drinking ensue. Now, tell me, if you went to a river to drink, how would you drink? Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. My thought is most of you would go like this. You would scoop. <laughs> you know what some people did? They went on their knees and lapped the water like dogs. <laughs> like that. types of drinking. And you know the ones the Lord chose? The lepers. He chose the fools. <laughs> he chose the mad ones. Who laps water? Are you a dog? He said, send everybody. He first of all actually said, everyone who's afraid, let him go home. I'm sure even Gideon said, can I also go? Because <laughs> he was afraid. But he had to lead, so he says, now God chooses the crazy ones who are lapping the water up with their tongue. The one behaving like animals. And you know how many there were? 300. And God says, I'm using the 300 to destroy the multitude. Stand to your feet, God's people. I don't know who I'm talking to today. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to today. You know, in this season, it is too late to check your CV. As I'm, too late to check your CV. <laughs> I wish I had done that course. You are a bit late to draw on that now. You are going to have to call on the Lord. You're going to have to remember your prophetic destiny. And you're going to trust the Lord to lead you. 300 people. God gives them a strategy. And they separate. They go. One there, one there. They encompass the whole group. 300 of them. Hmm? They have a lamp which is hidden. And God says, break the lamp now and lift it up. And the, the, Those guys saw lights all around, and they turned on each other and began to kill each other. 
and the whole army was destroyed by 300 people. I have a word for the Lord for somebody this morning as we close. Lift up your hands. Not by might, not by power, but by the finger of heaven, 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 not by advantage, not by skill, not by budgets. In the name of Jesus, I need to repeat this. Something you are afraid of is afraid of you. Something you are worried about is worried about you. I need to speak this again. Nothing will go wrong. <laughs> I speak that on prophetic authority. Nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. You're going to embrace that. I don't know whose word it is. Nothing will go wrong. We lean on the everlasting arm. We lean on the everlasting arm and declare God is our refuge. A constant help in times of need. Therefore, we will not be afraid. We will not be afraid. Though the mountains be shaken and fall into the sea, hmm, God is going to fight our battles. There is a river that makes glad the city of God. We will not be intimidated by sinners. We stand as God's people in this generation and declare deliverance over our children, deliverance over our homes, deliverance over our finances, deliverance over our bodies. In the name of Jesus, we refuse to answer to statistics. We refuse to be swept away by mere or events. We choose to hide in the hand of Almighty God. May God fight your battles for you. May God go ahead of you. May God open doors that have been closed. May God do something. May God visit you. May you see that angels are landing on your behalf in this time. And may God glorify himself in and through your life. Thank you, Father. We pray right now. And we lift up our faith. And we thank you for this moment. And I know that it is you who decreed this moment. And I've declared it before your people that it's not by might that the unlikely shall qualify the disqualified shall go through and your name shall be glorified in all that we do we present our bodies living sacrifices before you we walk away from guilt and confusion we receive forgiveness and restoration that we may be able to move forward into the things that you've declared over our lives and we thank you, Father, that you make a way where there is no way. Clap your hands, all you people.